Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in again to the podcast. I'm Mike Stafford, the Portable Pastor, coming to you with another teaching from God's Word. Today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8. Before we get there, though, I want to say we are coming up upon a new year. It will be 2023. That sounds so strange to me, just weird, 2023. It sounds like, you know, maybe an answer to the question you ask about any of your doctors these days. How old are you, 20, 23? <laughs> anyway, it, it's the new year and it's time for resolutions. I told the prayer team on Wednesday that I was going to make one of my resolutions for the new year to be to quit eating so many donuts. Then I remembered no one likes a quitter, so I scratched that one. And I should scratch that one. Jay Leno once said, now there are, there are more overweight people in America than average weight people. So overweight people are now the average, which means you've met your New Year's resolution. Yes, I like that one. Resolutions. I, I, I don't like them. Many of us will make them. And all of us are going to break them. After all, New Year's resolutions go in one year and out the other. You'll get that one a little bit later. But there's one thing that I plan on not quitting this year, and that is studying and presenting God's Word. I love exploring and thinking about God's Word. I love getting into the nooks and the crannies of the book. I love learning stuff that's new, and and God's Word always has something new. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that God's Word is living and active. That means I can study it until the day I die, and there will always be something in this book to enlighten, to teach, to encourage and change me. So let's keep digging into, into God's Word this year. Are you with me? I, I hope so. Well, last Christmas, that's Christmas 2021, not even 2022, we started looking at the book of Matthew together. We looked at the the genealogy and the birth of Christ. We examined the baptism and the temptation of Jesus. We looked at the calling of the disciples. We looked at promise-making. Then we began to look at that that greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. We picked apart the Beatitudes one by one. We gleaned what we could from the Lord's Prayer. We looked at all those various topics that Jesus spoke about just briefly. And then we wrapped up our study uh, last year on on that great sermon. And we made it all the way. It took a whole year. We made it all the way to chapter 8. Wow. What a what a fast-paced study, huh? Well, this year, catch this, this year, I'm planning on getting all the way to Matthew 13. <laughs> it seems like that's going to be slow. We're going to be like the snail on the back of a moving turtle. As the wind rushes through his air, I guess. But, oh, man, we, we're going to learn. So, we're going to take breaks this year. We'll look at the Easter story in March and April. We'll look at some of our favorite Psalms in, in May and June. We're even going to take a, a big break in August, September, and October to look at the biblical Christian worldview. And I'm really pumped about that study too. And I'll tell you more about that as we get closer. But today, today, let's get back to Matthew chapter 8. Follow along as I read Matthew 8 verses 1 through 4. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. He wasn't saying, I will be clean. He was saying two different things. I will 
be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for the proof to them. So let's get to the the main points of this passage first, then we'll come back and make some applications uh, in the end for us. So let's look at the points of the passage. One is Jesus was was followed by the crowds. Great great crowds are mentioned in verse chapter one, uh, in verse one. Remember what we learned in our study from Matthew last year. Jesus taught them so many things in the Sermon on the Mount. When he came down from the mount, they were impressed. Wow, what a what a great sermon. See, they never heard anybody preach like this. The, the only comparison was the Pharisees, and we know what their sermons were like. They were heavy and hypocritical. They were impressed. These people were impressed with the style and the compassion and the authority of Jesus. He just sat and told them the truth. So they were impressed, and they followed him. Some just to see what he would do next, some to be associated with such a great teacher, some because they had no other plans, some because their friends did, and some because they believed what he said and believed he was the Messiah. Now, Jesus had just given the greatest teaching ever in the Sermon on the Mount, and people were enthralled. What what, what will he say next? This must be God's prophet. He's so insightful, so intelligent, so they, they followed him. But notice that Jesus was responsive to a right mindset. He, you know, now, now we're going to enter the encounter with the man suffering from leprosy. Leprosy is mentioned in the Bible over 40 times. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it, well, I know it was a very common disease in those days. And it was used by the Bible authors to describe or analogize the condition of sin. Leprosy was was an awful skin disease. It it ruined people's lives. It was an incurable disease that caused people to live as outcasts due to its its super contagious nature. Now, that didn't stop the leper from having an encounter with Jesus, though. Notice the posture. Notice the words of the leper in verse 2. It says, A leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, we must understood what the the first-hand witnesses, what the original readers of this story would have understood. So I I look closely at the the words in their original language. Matthew said that the leper knelt. That word knelt is proskuneo, and that means to bow down before someone to worship them. The leper used the word Lord, kurios. Kurios is a title of honor. It's what you might refer to someone when you when you revere them, when you respect them, especially when servants are greeting their masters. They would have used that word kurios. Now, the leper used the word willing, thalo. And thalo uh, means to resolve with purpose, to see the benefit of doing something. The leper also used the word can, which is dunamai or dynamite, uh, dynamite, what we would say today. It means that you recognize the power in someone. And the leper used the word clean, paradizo. And that means to make clean and declare clean in a Levitical sense. Now, really catch the nature of this, of this language that he's using. The leper was an outcast who knelt before Jesus and worshiped him. He recognized the supremacy of Christ. He called him master. He submitted to the will of his master by using the phrase, if you are willing. This showed the pure, the, the pure submissive attitude of the leper. If you are willing. 
what he said. In other words, if you see the benefit in healing me. This leper professed publicly that Jesus had the power to not only to heal him, but to declare him whole, clean, and reinstated if he wanted to do that. The leper believed Jesus was a healer and treated him as if he were a priest. This was a substantially substantially worshipful and submissive act by the leper. It showed humility. It showed submissiveness. It showed faith. And the leper came to Jesus with the right mindset. And Jesus knew it. And how did Jesus respond? Well, his response was twofold. I will and be clean. I will. I want to. I see the benefit in it. And be clean. The leprosy was sent packing and Jesus declared that leper clean. Jesus was responsive to the right mindset of the leper. Now notice this. Jesus was also mindful to the law of Moses. Jesus followed through with submission himself. He was not he was not hypocritical like the Pharisees. He said, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. So Jesus kept the laws of Moses. He did. Why, why would he do that? Well, verse 4 says, so that they would have proof. For a proof to them. Who was the them he was talking about? It was the Pharisees. Jesus honored the law of Moses before the Pharisees. You see, in Leviticus 13, Moses said it was the responsibility of the priest to examine a person for leprosy and determine if someone is clean or unclean. Jesus was not going to undercut the Pharisees' role according to the law. Now, how they, you know, how they handled their business, of course, he's going to talk about that, the hypocrisy. He's going to call them on it, but he's not going to, he's not going to dismiss their role according to the law. Jesus wanted to offer proof to the Pharisees that he was submitting to God's law. But but he didn't heal for any other reason but to glorify God. So he told the leper to honor God by keeping his law. And the leper was compelled to go and, and do as Jesus said. Now, now Jesus, Jesus commanded him to do this, but the law also commanded him to do this. So Jesus was mindful of the law of Moses. Well, what in the world does this have to do with us today? You know, not many of us are suffering from leprosy. We have things that can cure that today. But what does it have to do with us? Well, number one, we can see the similarities between the salvation of Christ and the religious cleansing of, of leprosy. Okay, In Leviticus 14, 3-9, Moses described what had to happen for a leper to be declared clean, for a leper to be allowed back in society. Listen to what he says. If if the case of the leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priests shall command them to take him who is to be cleansed two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. And the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water, and he'll take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them and the live bird in the blood of the, the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into an open field. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe himself in water and he shall be clean. And after that, 
he may come into the camp, but live outside his tent seven days. And on the seventh day, he shall shave off all the hair from his head, his beard and his eyebrows. He shall shave off all of his hair. Then he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and he shall be clean. Man, what an undertaking. These folks had to go through some stuff, didn't they? We'll see the similarities between their healing and our salvation. Okay, the price the the priest oversaw the whole cleansing ritual, and our great high priest secured our salvation. A bird had to die in order for a person to be made acceptable back into society, and Jesus had to die so that a sinner could be acceptable in the presence and the eyes of God. Now, notice what they used: cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. All of those things were used in the crucifixion. The wooden cloth, the bloody robe, the hyssop full of gall that was offered to Christ on the cross. Just as just as water and blood were mixed for the cleansing ritual of the leper, the blood and water mixture spewed out of the side of Christ on the cross for the cleansing of our sin. And not only that, the blood on the freed bird perfectly symbolized that the leper was cleansed and freed from the disease of leprosy, and the blood of Christ on us is proof to the Father that we are indeed saved and have been made acceptable in his sight. One bird is released by the sacrifice of another in the leprosy cleaning ritual, and the other, the, the one man is set free from condemnation by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And just as there are expectations of the leper who was cleaned, there are expectations of the person who was saved. We must realize that there are striking, there are foretelling similarities between the cleansing of a leper and the saving of a person. Secondly, when you ask God for something, be in the right mindset. Simple enough. The Bible tells us that we have the privilege to, to boldly go to the throne of God and make our requests known. But we have to go in the right mindset. Because although Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then go with confidence, let us draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to him in time of need. But compare that with James 4.6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You see, your attitude matters when you go before God. Don't walk up in there like you own the place. You got to show some humility. The leper showed great humility and Jesus responded favorably. Compare this to the, the first response of King Naaman. He's back in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 5, who also wanted to be healed from leprosy. When King Naaman was told by the prophet Elijah to dip himself seven times in the Jordan River so that he could be healed, he wouldn't do it. He, he was too proud to do it. He, he didn't want to enter into such a nasty river. He was mad because the prophet didn't didn't offer him an opportunity to take a dip in a much more clean and, and conducive river that would match his importance. So so he left mad. He left unhealed, but he quickly came to his senses and went to the river to be healed. A right mindset matters when you ask God for something. The third thing this passage teaches us, how it applies to us, is when God answers your prayer, publicly give him glory for doing so. Don't just turn and walk away as if Jesus owed you something. God doesn't owe you anything. He gave you life and grace. He gave you salvation. He gave up his son to save you. You owe him, not the other way around. There's an interesting story in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I want to read that for you. On the way to Jerusalem, 
he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. So when they turned around and took their first steps, they were healed. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, that's proskuneo, giving thanks to him. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was not one found to return and, and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, Jesus had healed all of them. But only one of them returned to praise God. Jesus made a point to recognize the faith of that man. He made a point that he, that he expected all of them to return and be thankful and praise him. And he showed his disappointment in the other nine lepers because they missed the opportunity to do so. This point in this passage is, is that Jesus deserves glory. He deserves glory for answering your prayers. Don't, don't stiff Jesus out of his glory. It's best to be thankful and worship him. And lastly, this story helps us to, to be reminded that after God saves you, he has expectations of you. God doesn't just save you and then tell you to go and do whatever you want. This, this doesn't happen. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not a, a separate cubby in your packed lives. There's an expectation by God that faith will be evident in your work, in, your, in school and in family and hobbies and in, in, in all of your lives. Colossians 3, 23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, there are expectations placed on the servants of Christ. Well, what are they? He expects us to love God, to love people, and make disciples. There are expectations placed on you when you become a Christian. I urge you to conform your, your New Year's resolutions to these expectations. Let me end with just this thought. Just as Jesus wanted to cleanse the leper of his disease, God wants to cleanse you from your sin. He wants to remove that from you. He wants to restore you into fellowship with God, where you before you were unclean and, and un unlikely, well, incapable of standing before God. Now you are made clean, declared clean before God by his son. That is an amazing thing. If you'd like to enter into a relationship with Christ where, where your sins are washed away, you're washed in the blood of Christ, and you are prepared for eternal life in heaven with Christ, I'd love to tell you more about that. You can just email me at mike at fbcclover.com. I'd love to answer any questions that you might have about that, but I will point you towards God. I promise I will point you towards God. Well, I hope that was that was meaningful to you. I hope that was a, a blessing to you. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Happy New Year. Write those resolutions on purpose. Write those resolutions so that you'll love God, love people, and make disciples better than you ever have in your whole life. Well, have a great week. I'll come back with another teaching from God's Word next week. Be blessed. And remember, if you're walking with God, He is very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. 
Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.